This is the Awake Athlete Podcast. I'm Jessica Mikowski, mindset coach and plant-powered athlete on a mission to guide all who are ready to great heights in sports performance and life. Through the 10,000-foot view, I share teachings of living awake with the sole purpose that we all realize our innate power to be the masters of our minds. Welcome back to the show, you guys. Today, we're going to talk about a recipe for meditation. Big surprise. I think it was season one where I did the recipe for success, wake, pee, meditate, especially at the beginning when you are creating that habit, when you are breaking the habit of not meditating, when you your desire is to make it a non-negotiable practice in your life. Because you have fed the intellect with all the studies about performance and meditation and mindfulness. You guys, I go Google yourself away and then sit in stillness and meditate because there is endless amounts of information out there to feed you with fuel to sit your butt down, close your eyes, shut your mouth, and not move for a series of moments (laughs) every day. Because all that research and all that information, it's worth nothing unless we're putting it into action. So I don't need to, I'm not here to convince you to meditate. There is plenty of information out there that I would assume would convince you to meditate. Linked into higher performance, uh, more health in the body, of course, more mental health, um, better choices throughout your life, all of these things that I would think are, would be, you know, really garnering your attention as athletes who want to be better. I mean, I want to be better. I want to be, I love being competitive. I love um, getting out there and going for it. And uh, meditation has been the thing that allows me to push my body harder, uh, for the lack of a better word, but in the midst of all the chaos of like just going all out in a race or in an interval, you know, or an all out hundred in the pool or time trial in the pool is like my awareness gets anchored into this calmness. It's this deep, deep space within me where I just go and I am able to watch the body and all this sensation. It's crazy. I never expected this, but I got some skin in the game now. You know, I'm over a decade in a very regular disciplined meditation practice, most days, two times a day. And that is something to aspire to. I really, I really encourage you to get curious about that. If, if you're still kind of like, well, I'm doing it, but I can't be consistent, you can be consistent. You got to use your will. You really got to push yourself at first. You really do. I mean, if you know anything about my story, the first year was like a street fight. And sometimes all I could do was scream. I had so much frustration and anger. So weird because if you looked at my life on paper, there's no reason I should have had all that. But, 
You know, our environment is strong. It's actually stronger than our will. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of violence in our world and there's a lot of fear in our environment. And that stuff gets trapped in our tissues because, frankly, we have to go to work and we got to pay the bills. And so we do a lot of soldiering on. And it's very frustrating for our soul. You know, it's it's almost like a betrayal of our soul, which is here to expand and to experience joy and to overcome Well, we came here to overcome, and instead what happens with the human condition is that we fall deeper into what we're here to overcome. So meditation, it's a stellar tool, folks. It just is. And here's the thing. It's like everything that I talk about on the show, none of this is going to work without meditation. That's really what I believe and why. Why? Well, there's a ton of reasons why, but let me just give you one. When we meditate, when we get still, we go in and begin to commune with that energy that comes alive in stillness. And that energy is our higher energy. It's our higher mind. It's God. It's source. It's the universe. It doesn't matter what you call it. Call it whatever makes you feel most comfortable. That's the most important thing. Because if you don't feel comfortable... You're not going to be talking about this stuff. You're not going to be journaling about this stuff. And you're not going to be thinking about this stuff because you're going to fall into the resistance of it. So um, for meditation, call it whatever you want to call it that you're tapping into, right? Like your best athlete, your awake athlete within, okay? that's That feels like a safe one, right? Somebody who's just awake and capable of anything. And that energy is non-resistant. This is key because resistance is what causes our suffering, right? So pain is not suffering. It's our resistance to pain that's suffering. So when we're out there and our legs are burning, it's not the burning legs that is the problem. It's our resistance to the burning legs. We want it to end. And in meditation practice, in these mindfulness tools, we can actually overcome that human condition, as we commune more with that part of us, that's non-resistant. But if we're not getting still to go in and be with that still energy that holds that awake athlete within, then forget it. You're going to just be fighting, 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 suffering, pushing through, enduring, right? And we're a lot of us are endurance athletes. And, I, and I'm trying to drop resistance around that label because endurance to me is waiting for something to change. Where's the finish line? Where's the finish line? When is this interval? Oh, my God, 45 seconds. Oh, my God, checking the watch, checking the watch. When's it going to be done? Oh, checking the watch. That is not absolutely 100%. That is not an awake athlete. That is somebody who is enduring the present moment, that wants that moment to end, that sees that moment as unacceptable and it's not presence at all. So true presence is sitting in that awake athlete energy, in that non-resistant energy, realizing that what is precious is not what's coming or what has happened. It's not time. Time is not precious. What is precious is that timelessness, that space that is devoid of time. And the really, really key thing about presence is that 
The ego cannot exist in presence. This is why flow states happen and why the most amazing performances happen in flow states because flow is activity and awareness merged together. And I think, you know, a long time ago, we thought that that happened, you know, that occurred by luck or it just happened. But I believe, and I've believed this for a long time now, that we can enter flow on purpose. Why couldn't we enter flow on purpose, right? Activity and awareness merge. So what does that mean? It means we have to train our awareness to not always be on our thought life. And that is what meditation is all about. So this idea of like, I can't meditate because my mind's too busy is absolutely crazy because the mind is a thought-producing machine. It's like the tennis ball machine that shoots out the balls during practice. Like, that's the mind. And so that doesn't have to stop. What you want to end is your awareness or your focus always being pinned and merged with your thought life. So there is a way to live where your awareness is pulled away from the thought life. Now you've got space. You can see those thoughts that you're practicing, that then become your beliefs, that then dictate your reality. Got it? And then the other cool thing that happens is that the quieting of the mind, does it, that is not the prerequisite, okay? In my experience, it's the byproduct. It's the byproduct. As I pull my awareness, my focus, or we could also say my fuel, away from those thoughts, those thoughts are no longer being fueled. The mind is no longer being fueled, right? My awareness is on pure experience independent of, com of the commentary, okay? I'm going to say that again. Presence is pure experience independent of the commentary of the mind. And so what happens is as I spend more time in pure experience, all of those thoughts that I used to focus on and what we focus on expands aren't getting their fuel anymore. So the mind actually does become quiet. And I would say that that is what is going to show up in your performance. I remember so clearly Lake Sonoma, 50-mile race in 2019, I remember just being like, my God, my mind is so quiet, right? Like, And that's a thought right there. So the mind isn't quiet anymore because I'm thinking about it. But I kept noticing these experiences where I was in no thought. So I was in flow. And, um, you know, I blew away my expectations that day. I came in well over an hour faster than what I thought I was going to come in, you know, based on the data and the information. So the data and the information, that's not truth, right? Truth is found in the present moment. Truth is what's happening right now. And then, um, and when we stay in the present moment, when we stay in that wonder and curiosity about what could happen, what may happen, and the excitement about the manifestations that are coming from our vibration, that's where amazing, amazing things happen. And that is the truth. The truth is, is that all things are possible when you are tapped in to that awake athlete within you. But, 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 right? We got to give, we got to like throw the intellect a bone or two, right? Because the intellect needs to know like, well, how, how long do I do it? And how do I sit? And, you know, all this stuff. And that's fine. We love the intellect. It's amazing. I mean, come on. It's amazing. 
how much we can store, all the data and the information that we can store. It's just so beautiful. But remember, knowledge is nothing without action. So this is what I would recommend, okay? If you're just starting or you've, you're just kind of like in that 10-minute, you've been doing it for a while, but you're in like the 10-minute or the 5-minute meditation or the 15-minute meditation, this is what you want to do. You want to have the consistent meditation every day. You want to go a little bit longer every week, once a week. Every quarter, you want to go long. You want to have one long meditation. And then twice a year, you want to have a much longer meditation, okay? So this is what I would recommend. 15 to 20 minutes a day. Once a week, go 30 to 45. Once per quarter, go 90 to two hours. So an hour and a half to two hours. And then two times a year, go three hours, three to five hours. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I just threw down the five hours. That seems like a long time, huh? Um, and the two times a year, one of those is Christmas Eve. And this is not tied into religion, you guys. What this is tied into is the collective energy. So there's a lot of energy of giving and receiving. There's a lot of energy of in- exciting excitement and anticipation. There's a lot of energy of love. um, And that is the energy of the awake athlete within you. That is the highest frequency that we have been able to register in this physical world is love. We We can measure vibration and love is the highest. So wouldn't we want as athletes to aspire to the highest frequency that we can aspire to? So it's Christmas Eve, specifically, and then the other one is Easter, okay? Again, a lot of love. And yes, it is tied into Jesus. It is. But I'm not talking about religion here. If we look at what his teachings were in essence, it was love and forgiveness. And forgiveness is not about the past. Forgiveness is about the future. It's about moving forward, forgiving ourselves for not showing up for what we said we were going to show up for, forgiving ourselves for crappy performances, forgiving ourselves for all of the things that we are hanging on to and beating ourselves up about. Forgiveness is huge. And there's a lot of that air of forgiveness and love in those two times a year. Okay, so don't get freaked out about religion or maybe you're excited because you're tying it into your religion. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what gets you to the cushion. What got me to the meditation cushion was the anti-aging benefits of meditation, to tell you quite honestly. Yes, there was a drive within me for more calm in my life. I was done with panic attacks. I was done with punching the wall. I was done with slamming my laptop so hard that I smashed the screen. I was just done with those crazy, crazy, like, explosions of anger um, and then sadness and guilt for doing it. I was just done. Sitting still was like the last thing I wanted to do. So I did so many things. I did energy work. I did ayahuasca. I did massage. I did acupuncture. I did read the books. I did the things. I listened to Abraham Hicks. I did all that stuff. I'm not saying that stuff is bad. I think that stuff is amazing. It all brought me to where I am today. But nothing changed the game like meditation. I, you know, believe me, my... Ten years ago, I wish I had a different answer for you. Um, 
But as I sit here now, I'm so grateful to have that answer because everything in my life has gotten better, like significantly better. Um, my relationship to sport and performance and my experience during a race and the process of getting there is so joyful, so empowering. Yeah, I've got tough days. I've got days I don't want to go out for a run. But because I have trained my mind every day, the mind does not make the decisions for me. <laughs> the mind does not make the decisions for me. End of conversation. Like, I don't know anything that's more empowering than that. And it's because I sit down, I close my eyes, I shut my mouth, and I don't move for a series of moments every day. And um, so for those of you, I also want to say, like, for those of you who are experienced meditators, I want to drop this for you. 45 minutes a day. So this is my regimen. Now, am I perfect at this? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't always do this. 45 minutes every day. 90 minutes once a week, three hours once a quarter, twice a year, eight hours. Now, I started meditating really like non-negotiable in 2010. Um, I had my first meeting with meditator Bob in February of 2011. And I just did my first eight-hour meditation. And here's how I reasoned it. And perhaps this is something that will be curious to you, something you can journal about, something that you can have a conversation with that part of the mind that is resistant to doing 90-minute meditations or 20 minutes a day, whatever it may be. We've all got it. We've all got that resistance, right? That's why we want to commune with the part of us that is non-resistant because that resistance is causing our suffering. It's causing us from being the person we came here to be. It's keeping us in limitation, and it's keeping us in emotional, mental, and physical pain. So here's how I reasoned it. Well, I had a knowing that it's like, this. it's time. Like, you got to do the eight hour. But in my intellectual mind, I was like, listen up, girl. Talking to myself here. Listen up, girl. You've done 14 and a half hour races. You've done seven-hour training runs, you've done three-hour races, you've done nine-hour races, you've done 10-hour races, and you're telling me that you can't do eight hours of mental training? You can do seven hours of physical training, but you can't do eight hours of mental training? Like, that was just so lame to say that I can't do it. So, I, you know, I wish I had that reasoning five years ago or 11 years ago, but I didn't. And so everything is right on time. And I'm really looking forward to my next one, which is going to happen at Easter. And my first one was beyond anything that I could have imagined. It, I had no battle. And so in that sense, I'm so grateful that I spent the last decade plus training my mind because that first eight-hour meditation was like I said, I couldn't I couldn't have imagined what I experienced. Let's just say that I experienced heights that um, I had not reached prior. So maybe this gives you a little bit of um this gives you a little bit of spark. And what I'm saying is, you know, fan that spark and then sit down and close your eyes and 
shut your mouth and don't move for a series of moments every day. And join, you know, join us in a wake athlete community if you want that support. Uh, community is so important, and I'm here, so reach out anytime. Some of you have reached out with questions, and I am here to answer all those questions. But, you know, knowledge is nothing without action. So if it's on your heart, act. If it's on your heart, act. It's there for a reason. It's you calling you to more. More.